Shalom Racha, this is Chazar Shir number 7, where B'siyat Dishmaya, we will discuss the halachos of going to the bathroom at the beginning and in the middle of the meal, and also discuss the halachos of brachos, specifically Pasaba B'kisni. So let's begin. There's a very famous and a very common question, and that is, what should a person do if he goes to the bathroom at the beginning of the meal, where he's planning on washing during the meal? And the Mishiburak, who quotes the Shlach, others that Kabbalistically, a person should check himself to make sure that he doesn't need to, to go to the bathroom. So... You went to the bathroom right before the meal. Now you're about to begin the meal. What do you do? You need to wash your hands. You need to recite Asha Yatsar, And you need to write and recite Al-Natil Sedaim. In what order do you do that? So come to the, Mish- the Shulchan Aruch, And he paskins like Rabbi Yaakov ben Yakar, who says you should wash your hands, recite Asha Yatsar, wash your hands a second time, and then recite Al-Natil Sedaim. However, the Mishabur quickly points out. He says that when you wash your hands the first time before Asha Yatsar, you need to make sure that that Natila is not a kasha Natila for bread. Why? Because if it's a kasha natila for bread, and then you recite ashiyatsu, and then you wash again, you can't recite an al on the second washing, because that second washing didn't do anything. It didn't accomplish anything, because you already yotze a proper natila 10 seconds ago when you washed for, for ashiyatsar. So therefore, when the Shulchan Paskins that you should wash and recite ashiyatsar, that first washing needs to be a pasal natila, needs to be less than a revius, or not using a kli, or whatever it is, in order to make it a pasal natila, and then you recite Ashi Yatsar, and then you have a full-fledged Natila uh, where you can write, recite in Al-Natila Sedaim. However, Lemaisa, a lot of the posts can um, say or write that it's best not to follow the Shulchan because a lot of times what happens, people will have a full-fledged Natila uh, the first time. So comes the Chuvis Van Agus, and he says that actually the, what the, what the Mishnabura himself did in his house was he would fill up the cup properly, he would wash his hands, a kasha netila, he would recite al-netila sedaim, he would then dry his hands, and then after drying his hands, he would recite ashiyatza, because we learned earlier that you shouldn't speak at all during the process of washing your hands, but what is the best time to speak if you are to speak during that whole process, after you finish drawing your hands and before the bracha of Hamotzilachim and Art. So therefore, says the Chuvis Vanagas that this is actually what the Chafetz Chaim himself did. He would wash his hands properly fully, he would recite Al-Natil Sadaim, he would dry his hands, and then he would recite in Ashayatar, and then he would begin his meal by reciting Hamotzilachim and Art. Roshulman says, he says, today that we have faucets, the best thing to do is kind of to keep the psak of the Shulchan Arach, where basically you come out of the bathroom, you wash your hands under the sink, right? Where there's, you have running water, where it's a Kasha Natila for after going to to the bathroom, but it's not a kasha natila for, for bread. Uh, and then after you wash your hands under the sink, under the running water, you fill up a cup and then you wash your hands uh, a second time with the cup. And that's a kasha natila for a natila sadaim. You can recite the bracha of al natila sadaim on that second washing. The, the Ben Ishchai, he also writes, he says, another, another way to do it is you wash your hands. You recite at full-fledged washing your hands with a cup. You recite ashiyatza and then you get your hands dirty again by scratching your head uh, or, or touching areas that are covered. And then you wash a second time, and then um, and then um, and then recite an alatil time. So those are the basically the, the three options uh, that you have. Option number one is like what the Chafetz Chaim himself did: wash alatil zedaim, dry your hands, and then and then. Um, and then recite uh, Asha Yatsar. Option number two is Roshul Zalman, who says, wash your hands under the sink, recite al, um, Asha Yatsar, and then wash your hands with a kli and recite al Natila Sadaim. Or the Ben which is wash properly with a cup, recite al Natila Sadaim, get your hands uh, dirty again, and then recite, and then wash again, and recite uh, Asher, and then recite an al Natila Sadaim. So that's the halacha of going to the bathroom at the beginning of the meal. What happens if a person goes to the bracha? in the middle of the meal. So the Shulchan Aruch Paskins, that if a person goes to the bracha in the middle of the meal, he needs to recite uh, in Al-Natila Sadaim again, 
even in the middle. The Mishabura quotes the Marshal, who says that no, Chazal only enacted to recite a bracha, not in the middle of the meal, they only recited at the beginning of the meal. A person is obligated to wash his hands uh, at the beginning of the meal for, for Srach Truma or whatever it is, but if, if a person goes to the bathroom or touches an area that's covered, he would not recite uh, in Al Natil Sadaim when he's washing his hands. The Mishabura takes a hybrid approach and he says that it depends how dirty in action he's doing. If a person goes number two in the bathroom or touches something that's like really gross, so then he would wash his hands and he would make an ashayat, and he would make an al even in the middle of the meal. And the Shulchan Aruch later on in Kufayin and Armas says that in the middle of the meal means even if you don't plan on eating bread, meaning even despite dessert time uh, and there's bread out on the table, we're worried that you might come to, uh, you might come to, to, to eat the bread. So therefore, if a person does something that's very dirty, so then, so then he would have to wash his hands and recite al tilsa time. But if a person just uh, goes number one, uh, or he you know scratches his head, or he touches areas that are covered, so then he would just need to wash his hands without reciting uh, a bracha of al tilsa time. That's the approach of the mishabur. The the chazunish seems to say, and also the 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 shulchan archerav chazunish says that the olam was knowing like the marshal that if a person does go to the bathroom middle of the meal, he'll wash his hands, he'll recite in ashiyatar, but he will not recite uh, in al tilsa time. And that seems to be the custom among, uh, amongst people, though the, the Chazunish uh, concludes and he says, that if you do make a bracha, you don't lose that. What about changing a diaper in the middle of the meal? So Roshom Zalman Paskins, that a person changes a diaper in the middle of the meal, if he doesn't come in direct contact with the actual excrement, so then even the Mishabura would say that you would not need to recite a bracha of al uh, al time. What about touching areas that are covered? So again, According to the Mishabura, and this seems to be the majority, also Svard and Paskin like this because of Safid Brachus Lachal, meaning even though the Shulchan Aruch says that when you touch a covered area or you go to the bathroom, the Allah is that you need to recite an Alatil Sadaim, but because of the Marashal who says that you shouldn't, so the Yalkatil Paskin, Safid Brachus Lachal, and therefore you shouldn't make a, a Brachus. So if someone touches an uncovered area in his body, the Allah is that he should wash his hands, but he should not uh, recite the Bracha of, of Alatil Sadaim. What if it happens if his body is clean, meaning he just got out of the swimming pool and then he touches uh, or out of the shower then he touches an area that's usually covered. So the Kapachim says in the Chanami, if the area is clean, so then it's okay because the whole reason why you need to wash your hands when you touch an area that's usually covered is because it has what's called milmuleze or like, you know, droplets of, of sweat. But if the person is clean and he touches that area, so then he would not need to wash his hands. So the Maestro Shalom Zalman says, low pluck and the Allah would be that you would have to, um, you would have to wash his, uh, you would have to wash his hands whenever touching an uncovered area. What about the hair? So with regard to the hair itself, the, the Mishabrua in Sivkat and Yid says that if you just, you know, touch your hair, you do not need to, um, to wash your hands. But if you scratch your hair, so then you would. And specifically areas that are usually covered. And that's how the, the Shevet Alivi learns that the areas that are under the hat, under the kippah, where there, you know, there's an accumulation of sweat, that if you scratch that area, that's where you're going to have to, uh, that's where you're going to have to wash your hands again. But if you just... Um, if you scratch areas that are exposed in those areas, you would not need to uh, to wash your hands again. That is the sugya of Nitil Sadaim Bar Hashem that we were zochet to do in about six and a half shiurim. And now we're going to begin the halachos of of uh, of washing, or now we're going to bring the halachos of of brachos, specifically with the halachos of of pasabe So we're learning simon kufsam chas, and we're focusing on the second part of the simon, which discusses the halachos or, or the brachos that a person needs to make with specific uh, baked goods. So we, just, we gave a, a brief introduction, introduction that there's two uh, categories of, of baked goods. One category is what's called pasaba bikisni, 
And those are things that resemble bread. They're not exactly bread, uh, but they resemble bread in, in the way that they're, they're made. Uh, but they're not exactly like bread because they're sweet and they're things that you usually eat on the go or they're things that you, you, know, things that you eat on the run. However, it, when it comes to pasta bab if you settle in for a meal on those things that are usually eaten on the go, if you eat it in a kvua dika way, if you eat it in a way that's mamish, uh, you know, you're settling in, then you would have to wash because then it goes back, reverts to its status of actual, uh, actual bread. Uh, the other category of baked goods is what's called uh, tafshil mezonosh. Tafshil mezonosh is something that does not resemble bread at all, either in the way it looks or in the way that it was made. So for example, pasta uh, does not look like bread at all. And therefore, uh, the halach is that it's considered a tafshil of mezonosh or a suvganiyot according to many poskim. Since they are deep fried, bread is usually baked in an oven without any liquid. But something that is completely deep fried, that's something that is, that is, uh, that is cooked, it's not baked. And therefore, it's not considered pasta babikisni. And the halach is that if you eat large amounts of these items, you would not need to, to, to wash beforehand and bench, uh, and bench afterwards. So again, just to summarize, when it comes to bread, if you eat, let's say, a kibetza of bread, the is you would have to wash, you would have to, uh, and, and bench afterwards, right? However, with, right, and that's even with the smallest amount, but within baked goods that aren't bread, so then there's two categories. There's tafshal, there's uh, pasta baba kissing, which resembles bread, where the bracha is going to be mizonos and alamichia because you eat it on the run and you eat it on the go. But if you're koves uda on those things, so then it goes back to its original status of bread where you would have to wash and, and bench at the end. And then you have a tafshal mizonos, which is something that does not resemble bread, either in its appearance or in the way that it's made. And the luck is that even if you eat a lot of that, uh, you would not need to, um, you would not need to, uh, to wash and make uh, and bench at the end. It's just going to be a mizonos and, and an ala micha. So the Shulchan Aruch and Sivav Paskins, based on, on Siv Zayin, excuse me, he defines what's considered Pasaba Bekinesi. So he gives three examples, three, it's really a machlokas uh, Rishonim of exactly what's considered Pasaba Bekinesi, but he Paskins like all three of them. So number one is that if the if the flat if the baked good has some sort of pocket that's filled with something sweet, it's filled with jelly or with chocolate or with almonds or things of those sort. Uh, so that's considered pasta kissing. That's more of a dessert. That's not a bread. And you would make a mizonas on that. Second example is out of the Rambam, who says that if the dough is made not just with water, but it's dough with the the water is mixed with honey or it's mixed with oil or with other uh, with eggs with uh, with mechperot with different types of juices. So the halach is that you would have to uh, that that also is that's a mizonos and it's not a mutzilachim in arts. And the the shulchan aruch when he passes like the rama, he says as long as you taste a little bit of that flavor that was mixed in, it's automatically going to be a mizonos. The Ramah argues, he says, no, he says, if you taste it a little bit, that's not a mizonos, that's full-fledged bread, that's a mozi. What's considered a mizonos? When the majority of the liquid that's mixed in is meperos or honey or, or sweetener. But if there's just a little bit of, uh, of, of, uh, of sweetener, of, of, you know, honey, it's inside, even though you taste it, the halach is that that's going to be amot minarts. And this is a big machlok, because between Sfarim and Ashkenazim, what's considered challah, right? A lot of times, Sfarim would, you know, if you have a challah that's made with a lot of eggs, Sfarim would say it's mamish mizonos. And Ashkenazim would say that no, as long as it's 51% water, uh, the halach is that you would not need to, uh, the halach is that it's going to be considered uh, bread l'cholades. The last category of pasta babakisni is what's considered crackers, right? Crackers and the, um, and, uh, and, and, and the like, things that are crunchy. And the Shulchan Aruch Paskins, like we said before, in Siv Vav, that if a person eats pasta babakisni, any one of these three categories, he's kovea su'uda on them, the halacha is that he's going to have to 
wash beforehand, recite an alantil asadaim, and then when he's finished eating, he would have to bench at the end. So the question that now becomes is what is considered to be kovea seuda? What does it mean that a person is kovea seuda and pasababakis? What is the amount that needs to be done? So the Shulchan Aruch brings them a chokas. He quotes, some opinions that say that it's enough if a person eats four kibetzim, four eggs worth of pasaba bekisni, it's going to be enough. The other shita is the shita of the gra and, uh, and other achronim and what's mashma from the Shulchan Aruch, that a person needs to really be kovea of a seuda of either breakfast or supper, not just four eggs, but actual, a real seuda, that's when you would have to, to wash on it. And, and the Shulchan Aruch Rab says, what's a real seuda? About a little bit less than 22 eggs. And Ramosha says, anything that in that culture would be considered kovea seuda. So whatever they eat for breakfast in a certain country, that's what's going to be the amount, that if you eat that amount, you would have to wash and bench afterwards. So, how do we pass in? So the Mishabruah says that since we don't want to get into this machlokas, what's the best thing to do? The best thing to do is to avoid eating more than four beitzim. If you eat more than four eggs worth, the halacha is that you would not, the, so then you fall into this suffix of what to do, and therefore it's best not to eat uh, four eggs worth of pasababa kisni. Comes the Shulchan, the Mishabruah, in the beginning of Simin, uh, of Sivkat and Chavdalit, and he adds another thing. He says, when we say uh, four eggs worth, or according to the gra, 20, in the Shulchan Aruch Rav, 20, uh, 22 eggs worth, that doesn't just mean actual Pasaba Bekisni. Meaning if you mix the Pasaba Bekisni with other things that are usually eaten with bread, meat and chicken and, and kugel, so those things would be added to the, to the calculation of Pasaba Bekisni. So if we go like the opinion that if you have four eggs, that you, need four, that you should not eat more than four eggs worth. So if you have you know, two crackers that are two eggs worth, and then you have two pieces of meat that are the size of two eggs worth, Lahora, now you're in the suffix of whether you should bench or not, and it's very good to avoid doing that so you don't come into the suffix of should I bench or should I not bench? Uh, and then the question becomes, if that's the halacha, if, if the Mishnah says to paskin like this chumrah, that it's really four eggs. And he also adds, and he says that, in, that included in the four eggs is not just the, the crackers themselves, but it's also the other things that are eaten together with the crackers. So then at every kiddush, right, people eat much more than four eggs worth, even if they're not eating four eggs worth of crackers, but they're eating the crackers and the kugel and the herring and all those things uh, come together. And if they all come together, so now the question becomes, how in the world do people eat at a, at a kiddush? So in fact, Ramosha says that a person should really be machmer. He should be careful not to, uh, if he's going to eat more than, if he's going to eat a cracker and he's going to eat other things as well, it's best to just to skip the cracker. Uh, so at a kiddush, you can't really do that uh, because you need, uh, you need to have a mizonos. Right, but uh, but if a person is going, Ramosha is referring to someone who's going to a wedding, is going to chasana, right? So so if he eats a little bit of the cake uh, or a little bit of a cracker from from you know the appetizer, and then he eats a whole steak, he's falling into the suffix of eating four eggs worth that a person might be kovesudan uh, and he might need to he might need to bench. So so what are the what are the solutions? So there's. I would say four possible solutions of how to get around uh, this issue of people eating at uh, at a kiddush. So solution number one is if you pass in like the the shulchan aruch harav, you pass in like the gra, that it's really not four beitzim worth. You really need twenty two beitzim worth. Uh, so that's one way. Maybe there's so many. Maybe the people who eat a lot of kiddush. There's so many on uh, on those shitas. Even though the mishabur says it's best. Uh, to be samech, to, to be machmer like the forex. So option number one is there's samech on the mekil. Option number two is that we mentioned in our introduction that if you eat a lot of tafshil mezonos, things that don't resemble on bread, you would not need to, to 
wash or make a, or to bench at the end. So people who eat a lot at a Kiddush, they could make a Mizonos on the Yushalmi Kugel, which according to many is considered, uh, is like the pasta that's considered a Tavshal Mizonos, or they can eat tons of Suvganiyot, or you know, things of, of those uh, sort that would not obligate them to, to, to wash and bench at the, at the end. The third uh, possible approach is that of the Archa Shulchan, who in the beginning, he laments the fact that people eat so much at Kiddushin. And then he explains, he says that when we said that someone is Koveh Suda, and Allah is that if you're Koveh Suda and Pasa Baba Kisni, you need to wash before and bench afterwards. So he says there's two ways to be Koveh Suda. Way number one to be Koveh Suda is by the amount that you eat, right? But way number two is, or to, meaning there's two ways to, to show that you're not being Koveh Suda. Right? Way number one is to show is by not eating so much. And way number two is in the form that you're eating. So if, you're, if a person is walking around and you know, munching a little bit here or going to that table, munching a little bit there, that's not considered koveh suda. So he explains, he says, when a person comes home for his Shabbos meal, he'll take off his jacket, he'll sit down by the Shabbos table and have a formal meal. At a Kiddush, you have your suit jacket on and you're going from this table to that table. So even if you're eating more than four kibetzim worth or if you're eating you know, more than the amount of koveh suda, since you're doing it in a way that is not a kviya suda tik away, meaning you're doing it informally, doing it on the run. So therefore the halach is going to be that you would not need to uh, to bench afterwards. That's the that's the opinion of the Archul Shulchan or Rav uh, Ashwai's passing like this. Uh, so the last final approach uh, is that of Rav Nebensal, who says that when we said, according to the Magan Avram, that other foods are mitztarif to the shear of four beitzim when they're eaten with pasta babakisni, that's only if they're eaten mamish together. Meaning if you take a cracker and you add a piece of herring to it, so then, and you eat it together, so then the herring, or, or you, you put some dip on the cracker, so then the dip and the cracker, or the dip and the herring, combine to the shear of, of four eggs worth. But if I eat a cracker, and then I go eat Yerushalmi kugel, or I go eat some, some cholent, or some kugel, or some other thing, so then that's not mitztarif to the shear of, uh, of four, uh, four kibitz worth. So that's the, that's the mahalich over here, uh, in, in the sugyo over here. So again, we saw that when it comes to Pasa Baba Kisni, if a person eats a shear of Koveh Suda, we saw Machlokas, what's considered Koveh Suda, either four eggs or 22 eggs or like what's considered formal in that area. Uh, and therefore the Mishabur says that it's best not to eat uh, more than four eggs worth of, of, uh, of, of Mizonos or Mizonos combined with uh, other things that are usually eaten with the bread. Just in parentheses, Rav Nevitzal says that if a person forgot and he does eat more than four eggs worth, he should still recite an al-mechiyat And the reason is because since it's still a suffix, where according to the to the Shulchan Archarav and the Gra, you wouldn't need to bench, therefore we're not going to tell you now to start benching. So, and also the Alamichya, there are some shitas who say that you could be Yotze benching just by saying Alamichya. So therefore he says, if you do accidentally eat more than four eggs worth, all you need to do is recite an Alamichya, though it's best not to, uh, not to eat more than four eggs worth. So if so, how is it possible that people at a Kiddush eat more than four eggs worth? So either there's Somechan, the Shulchan Archarav and the Gra, option number one, Option number two is that they only eat tafshal mizonos like Yerushalmi kugel and suvganiot. Option number three is that since they're e- option number four is that since they're eating on the fly, it's not considered uh, kviya suuda. And and option number four is that when we said that that other foods are mitztarif to the shear of kviya suuda, that's only when it's eaten together with the pasta babikisni. But if I eat pasta babikisni, I eat my cracker, and then I go and I eat something else. Um, you know, at a different table or whatever it is. So the Allah is that that's not going to be mitzdarif to the shear of of uh, of the four eggs worth. Yeshua Kadal, Kultus.